Hello and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Your mind is the greatest gift God has given you. That's why today we continue with a series called Rethinking Your Life. In these lessons, Rick shares nine biblical pillars we need to reshape our minds so that we can become more like Jesus Christ. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with the final part of a message called Defeating Discouragement. Number four, the fourth secret of defeating discouragement is in the next verse. And it has to do with this. I need to relax in my limitations. I need to relax in my limitations. Now why is that an important antidote to discouragement? Because you get discouraged when you try to be Superman. You get discouraged when you try to be Superwoman. You get, try, you get discouraged when you try to do more than you is humanly possible. You have not relaxed in your limitations, or I have not relaxed in my limitations. What we all need is a realistic view of you. I need a realistic view of me. You need a realistic view of you. And the facts are, I mean, let's just say them. You can't fix everybody's problems. You agree with that? Mm-hmm. But sometimes you act like you can. You can't, fi- you can't be the, in more than one place at one time. Is that true? Yeah. You know, people say, well, I'll be with you in spirit. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. As long as you're in a human body, you can't be, you can't be in spirit somewhere else. You, you can only be where your body is, okay? So uh, you can't do everything you want to do. You can't spend money you don't have. Now you try, and there's a word for that, debt. <laughs> and then you get discouraged. Anytime you don't live within the limitations of your life that are normal, then you're going to get discouraged. You cram too much in. Is it easier to fill your schedule than it is to fulfill your schedule? Oh, yeah. Is it always easier to get in than it is to get out? Yes. Easier to make a promise than keep a promise? Yeah. Easier to get into debt than than get out of debt? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, And that's because we're not relaxing in our limitations. Now, Paul talks about literally physical limitations of your body in verse 7. He says, uh, you know, you need to know your limits. You, you need to know your warning signs when you're overextended. And you need to realize you're, you're just a body. In, in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we are like clay jars in which this treasure, the treasure of God, is stored. And the real power comes from God, not from us. He says we're, we're, our bodies are like pottery. They're, we're like clay jars. Some of us have very big jars. <laughs> Some of the jars in this room are very ornate and very beautiful, and others are kind of, we're kind of plain. But you know what the all, one thing in common about all pottery? You drop it, it breaks easily. So we're all clay jars, God says. Our bodies are like clay jars, and we're all a little cracked. Okay, because we've all been dropped. We've all been dropped here and there. And this is just being honest about who we really are. I, I don't know if you've noticed it, but I've noticed this, that God often puts his greatest gifts in the weakest people. I think that's a good thing. Uh, because then people go, well, it's got to be God. 
There's some people I, I watch on TV or like teaching the Bible, and I'm going, boy, they're goofy. <laughs> but God is using them. And God often puts his greatest gifts in the weakest vessel. That way, his glory shines through. The truth is, for all of history, God has only used flawed instruments. He's never used a perfect person except Jesus Christ. If God only used perfect people, nothing would get done because there aren't any. And so God has always used flawed instruments. And sometime in this series, I want to do a message on rethinking your weaknesses. Because you think your weaknesses are something to hide, but they're actually something that God wants to use in your life. I actually thought about this the other day that I've grown through, I don't know, five or six different phases or stages toward my own weaknesses. When I, when I first started living for the Lord, I, I actually didn't even know I had any weaknesses. Okay, I, I was so out of touch with me. I, I didn't, I know, even had any weaknesses. Then I discovered them and I denied them. And then I moved from denial to just hiding them. And I knew I had them, I just hid them. And then I went from hiding them to rationalizing and excusing them in my life. And eventually I matured enough that I could actually accept them. But today I, I feel like Paul, I glory in my weaknesses. Paul says I glory in weakness because when I'm weak, Christ is strong. When I'm weak, he's strong through me. When you think about it, God invaded earth as a baby of peasants in a barn. The kingdom entered through weakness, not through strength. God has always done that. He's always used weak people who trust him so his strength can go, go through them. So this is what humility is all about. You've heard me say this before. Humility is not denying your strengths. It's being honest about your weaknesses. You're a bundle of both. I'm a bundle of both. I have some good strengths and I have some major weaknesses. You have some good strengths in your life and you have some good weaknesses in your life. We're all a bundle of both. Humility is not denying your strengths. Just, you're good at what God, give it the glory to God. God gave you that ability. Humility is being honest about your weaknesses and it's actually not thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking of yourself less. I said, when you walk into a room in a party, and if you're going, uh, I wonder what everybody thinks about me. How do I look? Is my, is my dress right? Is my shirt right? Uh, do, you know, is my makeup on right? And that's pride. When you walk into a room and you go, who in here could use my encouragement? That's humility. It's not thinking of yourself. Lest you're just so busy thinking about other people, you're not even thinking of yourself. That's real humility. Not thinking less but thinking of yourself less. We all have our weaknesses. I've really come to the conclusion, you can be spiritually godly and emotionally dysfunctional at the same time. I don't know if anybody's ever said that, but it's true. It's true. People can be close to God and, and be a veritable storehouse of Bible knowledge and actually give good wisdom, and they're still messed up in their emotions or their personality. And he says, just be real and be honest and accept your limitations. Number five, the fifth secret of defeating discouragement is use my pain to help others. 
This is the fifth thing Paul talks about in this chapter on discouragement. Paul says, I use my pain to help other people. Remember that list we went through? The shipwrecks and the, you know, the prisons and the beatings and all those things. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8 and 9, he now says this. We often suffer. And we often suffer, but we're never crushed. And even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. There it is again. We never give up. We're not getting discouraged. We never give up. And in times of trouble, God is with us. And when we're knocked down, we get up again. Now, why? Why is Paul this resilient? Why is Paul so resistant to discouragement? What allows him to just get back up again every time he's knocked down? Well, if you were to ask Paul, why did you put up with all that? Why did you put up with all that jailings and beatings and going without food and going without clothes and being shipwrecked three times and you know, on the, in the night and the day in the, in the ocean and all of those things that have happened? Why did you put up with all of it? His response would be verse 15, the next verse. All of these sufferings of ours are for your benefit. Circle that phrase, for your benefit. He says all the stuff, this is called redemptive suffering, folks. All of these sufferings of ours are for your benefit. And the more of you who are one to Christ then the more there are to thank him for his great mercy and the more God gets glory. Okay, what is Paul saying here? He's saying, I keep on going. I don't get discouraged because I know it's helping others, even my pain. Study after study after study has shown that human beings can handle an enormous amount of pain if they see a purpose in it. When you have pain and you don't see any purpose, it's unbearable. It's unbearable. But when you can see a purpose, a good purpose in it, then it becomes bearable. And he says here, what's the purpose? My purpose of my suffering is for other people's benefits. Sometimes you will suffer for the benefit of other people. And at that moment, you are more Christ-like than any other moment. Because that's what Jesus did. He suffered on the cross, not for his benefit. He hadn't done anything wrong. He suffered on the cross for our benefit, redemptive suffering. And sometimes God will let you go through pain, not for your benefit. Yeah, you can grow from it, but for the benefit of other people. He says, I keep going. I don't get discouraged because I know it's helping others. Kay and I have tried to do this. You know, when Matthew died, worst day in our lives, greatest pain, to lose a child to uh, mental illness. It, it was excruciatingly painful. It's still painful today. But we're not gonna waste our hurt. So we use it to help other people who struggle with suicide. We've used it to help other people who families that have struggled with mental illness in their family. Why waste the hurt? I'm not gonna waste that pain. I'm not gonna go through it and waste it. What is it in your life that's so painful that you need to be using to help other people? Your greatest ministry will come out of your deepest hurt if you are honest to God, honest to yourself, and honest enough to talk about it with other people. The pain you've gone through in your life, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's called earth. This is not heaven. 
This is earth and everything's broken on earth. So there's suffering and pain and evil here. It's not good. And we should fight it and avoid, and avoid it and you know, push it back wherever we can. But it's gonna happen. There is suffering on earth. Don't waste it. Use it for good. And Paul says, I use my pain to help others. Now, number six, the sixth secret of defeating discouragement. This is an important one. Take time for renewal. Over the long haul, you're gonna figure out how, have to figure out ways to recharge, to refresh, and to renew yourself. If you don't learn how to refresh and renew and recharge yourself, you're gonna get discouraged and you're going to give up no matter what the project or the goal or the dream is. And Paul talks about this in verse 16. <clears throat> this is why we never give up. Okay, here's, now this is the third time he's used this phrase. This is why we never give up. He's talking about overcoming discouragement. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, literally in Greek, that word there, dying, is wasting away. Okay, though our bodies are wasting away, our spirits are, read it with me aloud, being renewed every day. Circle the word renewed. You're gonna have to learn how to be renewed every day. That's called daily renewal. Now you've gotta renew your mind, you gotta renew your body, you gotta renew your heart, uh, renew uh, constantly. Now obviously and physically, um, our bodies are decaying. Have you noticed that? Okay, you're not the sexy being you were 10 years ago, all right? Um, and so when you, we have bifocals and baldness and bulges and wrinkles and aches and pains and you can't stop the aging process, but you can stay fresh inside. And notice Paul says, I renew myself daily. How do you do that? Well, you need to spiritually renew yourself daily with time with God every day. You spend some time with God every day. You read the word, you pray, you talk, you get spiritually recharged. It's like hooking up the jumper cables to get your spirit recharged. You need to know what renews you emotionally, you need to know what renews you physically, and you need to renew yourself every day. You've heard me say divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually, and I've talked about that a lot. So let's just go on to number seven. The seventh secret of defeating discouragement. This is a big one. Stay focused on eternity. Stay focused on eternity. Paul's final secret for defeating discouragement is not uh, uh, you know, look at the here and now. He says you need to maintain an eternal perspective. You can't live for just here and now. You gotta look beyond the here and now. The here and now is what's discouraging you. But when you look into heaven and you look into the future and you look at the coming rewards and you look at all the things that God has planned for you, then you'll get over your discouragement. The reality is you lose your perspective every time you get tired. When you get tired, you, you lose your perspective. And so Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter four in verses 17 and 18, the last two verses. He says, our present troubles are quite small. Now let me just stop right there. This is the guy who's been shipwrecked three times, been thrown in prison, been beaten, uh, gone without food, gone without clothing, all of these different things. And he goes, our present troubles are quite small. Compared to what? <laughs> okay, compared to what? 
Okay, he, this is a matter of perspective. And he's gonna say it's small compared to the rewards and the joys we're gonna have forever and ever and ever. He said, you know, even if I had a chronic problem and I had that problem every day of my life, well, my life on earth's only gonna be maybe 60, 70, 80 years, but I'm gonna spend trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of years in heaven reaping the rewards. So he says, really, this is quite small even if I had it all my life. Our present troubles are quite small and won't last very long, yet they produce in us an immeasurable great glory that will last, how long? Forever, circle that, forever. It's gonna last forever. So temporary problems, joy and glory and results and and rewards forever. So, he says, here's the key, we don't look at the troubles which we can see right now. That's what discourages you. Rather, we look forward to what we have not yet seen. He's talking about in heaven. For the troubles that we see will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. You know, there are three kinds of motivation in life. And you gotta have motivation to keep going. Now there's internal motivation, That's inside you. There is um, external motivation. That's something from the outside that motivates you. And those are okay. But stronger than internal or external motivations is the third kind, eternal. Eternal motivation, which is this life is not all there is. We're made to last forever. And we're going to spend more time on that side of death than on this side. You only get a little bit on this side. You're gonna have far, far more on the other side. So think about eternal motivation. You realize this is how Jesus endured the cross. Look at the next verse, Hebrews 12, two. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. That's stay focused on eternity. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He did not give up. There's that phrase again. He did not give up. He didn't get discouraged. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross, and he's now seated at the right hand, the right side of God's throne. See, how did Jesus handle all the pain and suffering of the cross? He was looking beyond it to the joy that was set before him. He's looking to the reward. He had his eyes set on eternity. Only When you see the invisible, can you do the impossible? You've got to look, you know, we've done a lot of impossible things at Saddleback Church. Everybody thought they were impossible. But you have to look beyond the impossible to see the invisible, see what God is doing in the spirit realm. Or one of my favorite quotes, Corey Ten Boom, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. It all depends on what you've got your eyes on. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Or as Paul says, we look forward to what we have not yet seen. Those are the seven secrets Paul gives us for overcoming discouragement. But let me add one on that'll be a little booster point, and it would be this. All seven of these things, they're a whole lot easier if you do them with other people. It's a whole lot easier if you have a support group. 
And I know I talk about small groups all the time because they're important. That every one of these things happen easier when you have other people who will help you with the seven things that are going on. If you have a small group, you need to get in a small group. Let me close with this promise. Galatians 6 verse 8. I don't know what's discouraging you this weekend, but here's a verse for you. Let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. That is a promise of God to you. Let's bow our heads. Let me pray for you. Father, I I don't know who's hearing this message right now, but you do, and you know the hearts, and you know those who are on the edge of discouragement or deep, deep in it. And I pray that we'll take your word and not just hear it and not just learn it, but actually apply it and do it and practice it. And that we'll take these seven steps this week and put them into our lives, and that we'll review this message all week in order to fight the discouragement that you don't want us to have. Now you pray. Say, Lord, help me to never forget how much you love me. Help me to never forget how much you love me. Help me to never fake it. To not try to be something that I'm not, just to be who you made me to be. And Lord, help me to remember that life is not about me, that it doesn't all revolve around me. It's all about you. Help me to relax in my limitations. To not try to be Superman or Superwoman. To realize uh, we hold your treasure in clay jars. And Lord, when I go through pain, help me to not just wallow in that pain, but to use that pain to help others. For other people's benefit. I don't want to waste the pain I've been through, Lord. I want to use it to help others. Help me to take time for renewal every day to do the things that recharge my spirit, my soul, my body, my heart, my relationships. And help me to not get so caught up in the day-to-day and the problems of the moment that I lose my focus on eternity. Help me to remember that this life is not all there is, that I'm made to last forever, and that even the pain in my life is temporary compared to the the thousands and millions of years that I will be with you. Tell the Lord, Lord, I'm gonna claim this promise that if we do not get tired in doing what's right, that after a while we'll reach a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and don't give up. God, I'm saying today, I'm not going to give up. Tell the Lord that I'm not going to give up, but I'm going to trust you just like Paul did. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Here's Pastor Rick with a letter from one of our listeners. Some of you may not know that Daily Hope is broadcast each day on Heartline Radio in Jakarta, Indonesia. 
Let me share a testimony I got from a man named Alex who lives there in Indonesia. Dear Pastor Rick, I've been blessed by learning the Word of God delivered by you. Almost every night I share the topics that I hear on Daily Hope with my children when we pray at night before bed. Pastor Rick, you and your broadcast have blessed our family. We pray that Daily Hope Ministry will continue to reach more and more people, not only in Indonesia, but all over the whole world. Alex, I want to thank you for blessing us with this note. This is the kind of note that keeps us going, that keeps us serving and working. I'm so glad you're sharing God's truth with your children. Now, the reason Alex is able to hear Daily Hope in Indonesia is because of you, because of your generous financial support. And from other listeners like you, we're able to take this message all around the world. I just want to say to you, thank you for your regular financial support. We love you. You can give right now by going to PastorRick.com or just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.